0: This is Real Disciples Podcast Four. I'm here with Pastor Alvin Smith, just finished up a powerful revival for us. And so um, I wanna launch into this by asking you, Pastor, how did you uh, basically come to church in the door, Tucson? In 1981,
1: I was um, in the Air Force and I was stationed in Tucson, Arizona I was literally trying to f- follow one of my friends that was stationed there, so I put in for Tucson. No one wants to go to Tucson. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a miracle that I, I would even choose to go to Tucson. But little did I know that when I was there, I was uh, uh, in the chow hall eating, and there was a, a, a flyer. On the uh, bulletin board, mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. said that there was a, um, a a movie being shown in the recreation center, and the movie was called "Set Free," but it was kind of deceptive advertisement. As we Be- do, yeah, because because you know it, it had these guys like a jailbreak, so me and my friend we went, you know, and I'm sitting in this in this hall and. And I'm in the back, and I got these dark shades on. You know, I'm being cool. You know, I'm like 18 years old in the Air Force, I'm sitting there, and uh, and a music group was there. And so, you know, we listened to the music, and it was pretty cool. Then after the after the the movie, which was about these guys uh, who were in prison but had given their lives to Jesus. And though they were in prison, they were free. Mm. So they were set free. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they were in prison. Okay, so, I get it. Get yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it wasn't what we thought. But you know, we we sat through it. You know, mm. and so at the end, the guy gets up and uh, he's preaching. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. You know, trying to figure out what's what the deal is. And uh, towards the end, he makes this statement. He says, uh, "There are some people here." and your parents are praying for you. And when he made that statement, I start weeping. Wow. I mean, uncontrollably, it was like, what in the world? I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm shaking, I'm crying, I'm shaking. And, uh, and, and so uh, I go up and I pray and, and so on the way back to the dorm, the guy that I went with, his daddy was a Pentecostal preacher. He was the backslider. Mm. He goes, man, he goes, I've seen this before. He goes, man, something happened to you. He goes, I can't hang out with you no more. He says, you got saved, man. He goes, I've seen it. He goes, you'll never be the same. I, I started getting scared, like what in the <laughs> world happened? He goes, you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. And little did I know, he was right. He was right. He was right, he was right. And and from that time uh that was in june of 1981 i gave my life to jesus and uh haven't looked back since
0: was that a a, a, door, outreach? That was a door outreach that was a door outreach on the air force base okay. yeah absolutely and did you come from a church background before yeah yeah i came from
1: a baptist church okay. my my dad um very very um uh, sold out to the gospel loves god mm. raised us you know in yeah. the in the ways of god and 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 prayed for us, he only had a 10th grade education, but he was filled with truth. Mm. He uh, was a student of the word and, and, and he would memorize whole chapters of the Bible. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just phenomenal. And, 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 and so he he would, I could see him one day when I was going to my room, his bedroom was like right across from mine mm. and I see him on his knees and he'd be praying for me. Lord save that hard-headed boy. All that, just praying for me, crying out to God for me. So you know, my father was very instrumental in um, in me serving God and what God has done in my life.
0: Excellent. Um, what? How, no, no, what made you, how, how long was you in the um, the military for?
1: I was in for six years. I love the military. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was in. What, a, what did you do? I was in weapons and tactics. I was in intelligence and administration. And um, I loved it, and it was, it was what I f- felt that I should be doing. Yeah. But God called me to preach, and so yeah. I listened for six years. I fulfilled my commitment yeah. to the United States Air Force, and um, from there I kind of segued into the ministry.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right, let's, let's go to that then. Um, just so that we get a chronological order of things, you didn't go straight to Africa, did No, you? no, no,
1: no. As a matter of fact, I went back home to Georgia, Okay. Went to my hometown. Ah, yeah. And I pioneered in my hometown yeah. and uh, had a great, great time. Um, today there's a, a thriving church there, uh, a church-planting church. Planting church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so it was it's very good for me. You know, it gave me a lot of, uh, did a lot of things wrong, you mm-hmm. know. And, uh, As we do. But uh, it was uh, a good a good place to learn because I had my family there and, uh uh, it was a, a great launching pad for where God was going to be sending me. How so long was you
0: there for? I was there three years. Three years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're there. Church is growing. Things yeah, are happening. Absolutely. And then you start to get this.
1: Well, you know what happened. You know, people think you know that there's like a, there's this voice from heaven. Mm-hmm. Go to Africa. But mm-hmm. really, Pastor Warner asked me if I wanted to go and preach uh, a crusade in Liberia. Okay. And so I said, sure, so um, we raised the money and um, went to Liberia, and when I was there, there was some Syrianians in the church in Liberia mm-hmm. that were praying for their nation. And Pastor Warner, he said, well, since you're there, you need to go and check it out and just see. I didn't really understand what that meant, mm-hmm. check out and see, mm-hmm. but you know, I was, you know, I'm I'm a gamer, you know, mm-hmm. you know, adventures in my blood, so I said, hey, let's do it. So I give him this little small airplane and you know and we fly over and um and as I step out of the plane as I as I touch the tarmac spirit of God speaks to me you're home this -hmm. is where I want you to be hadn't seen anybody hadn't talked to anybody and so the whole of that day I'm walking around the city and I'm telling you I'm just being I'm being lit up inside, you know, mm. and it's, it's like this is where God wants me to be. No one has to tell me. I don't, you know. I I know. Mm. I mean, mm. it was it was it was clear it's, it's clear as day. Mm. And so uh, when I returned back to the states, I told my wife we're going to Africa, and she was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> go, yeah, you, just, <laughs> you just went for a crusade? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to Africa, and so." Uh, she was willing and we went and, uh, and the rest is history, yeah. Amen. And so you was there for how long? Six years in Sierra Leone. And you went there before the war? I went there right before the war. It was, the war was kind of, it was brewing in, in Liberia. Okay, yeah. So it was kind of a spillover okay, yeah, uh, situation, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So. And so I remember you telling me a story about, I mean, we just, we, obviously there's so many stories you could tell us about that, but when you, when you uh, left, Actually, the military had to come and take you out. Yeah, had to, had to get you out. Absolutely. Of the I yeah. You tell me the story. Yeah,
1: we got evacuated, and um, you know, I didn't want to leave, and I never forget. Uh, I was like, no, I'm not going to leave, and um, and Pastor Mitchell called me and said, "No, you're leaving. You got to go." Mm. So, so I, I went. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But we went, we went, and um, I went to I came here to London, mm-hmm. and I stayed here, and. and, and Contacted some people back in the embassy yeah, yeah. and I sent my wife on to the States and I went back. But now, as I look back, I wish I would have just stayed with her okay. because it really, it really kind of um, was a little bit too much for her, you know, mm. me going back. And so, um, mm. you know, mm. if you had to do things again, you know, learn, you, you, yeah, all, absolutely, absolutely.
0: And so now, um, that church is probably one of the biggest churches in our fellowship. Absolutely, yeah. And it sent out how many churches?
1: Uh, I want to say it's about 109.
0: My days. Yeah. That is glorious. Yeah, yeah. I think what I like about Sierra Leone is not just the quantity, <coughs> but it's the quality. Absolutely. Because obviously I know Absolutely. some of the guys I'm close <coughs> to. Pastor David Amonton, he's like a friend. And yes. so um, just the quality of these men that they've gone all different places
1: yes um you know i think i was telling you that one of the real blessings is the guys that started with me 30 years ago mm-hmm. are still with me today amen and uh the only one that's gone is Erabu, and he recently went home to be with jesus so yeah, okay. so as yeah. you know the the relationships that that we forged you know through you know a very difficult time in Sierra Leone, has just been incredible. You know, it's it's it's, it's uh, discipleship really works mm. when you when you understand um, your role, the role that God has given you to play, and um, I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the lives of those young men, and I'm grateful for what God is doing and what He's going to do because the future is very bright. Let's move on to what is um, what is into Africa
0: because well, that's a big part of your ministry yeah.
1: living in Sierra Leone for six years and being there when the United Nations declared it as being if not the poorest country in the world mm. one of the poorest countries in the world I realized that I was going to have to do something to really uh, kind of uh, motivate and kind of support um, the working workers, mm. you know, um, as they were getting married, having children, needing to go to school, uh, needing to build church buildings, many of them meeting under trees, meeting in the huts, you know, not having the, uh, the facilities as, as we were sending them up country. So I said, I, I need to do everything that I can possibly, you know, in working with what God is doing. and um, not getting in the way, but being able to support you know as organically as possible to see those works uh, um, thrive, and so um, I started this this charity in the states, and it's been it's been an incredible blessing, and uh, we've built probably 15 church Great. buildings. That's amazing. Uh, that seat from 600 to 1,000 people. Wow! And uh, as a result. These guys are able to uh, reach all kinds of people, Mm. Uh, gives them dignity, gives them momentum, gives them the ability to uh, put together finances to be able to plant churches. Mm. And so now as a result, a lot of the churches now are building their own churches so it was, it was really, it was a shot in the arm, mm. but it was, it mm. was, it, it was a, it just, it's it really, it motivated the other churches who saw these churches mm. who partner with us because we didn't, we never built any building solely. Mm. It was a partnership. And so when they saw this partnership, they were like, man, we can do it too. Mm. And so they went further.
0: Okay, understand. Yeah, and yeah.
1: so now they're almost done with their buildings, with no support from in Africa. Wow. So yeah. it really did give them that a- boost, inspiration. Absolutely, we can do this. Vision, absolutely, vision, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Word, and vision. that's that's really what our fellowship has done over the years. Yeah, that's what we've done. We have invested, uh, maybe on smaller levels. Yeah, at other places, even with buildings and rent and things like that. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same principle, mm-hmm. but it's just. The building is ours yeah, yeah yeah and so it's in africa so so uh into africa uh its, it's focus was to uh be able to reach out to um secular businesses mm. that had um a tender spot you know for those in need mm. and so we were able to uh do that have various fundraisers and we're still it's still evolving god is still helping us but uh it's 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 I'm telling you, it's, it's it was a godsend. It really was. That's no, powerful yeah. that you're,
0: you know building, you know, giving these churches uh, a fresh start and helping them. I see. And then because uh, you know there is uh, there is a dynamic. to once you have that building, there is a dynamic to the dignity when you see churches that have that.
1: Absolutely, and, and absolutely. There
0: is you know, especially when you're in somewhere where there is such poverty, and then for people to see look this is what the church is doing here. We're not just coming here to, uh, you know, prosper off you. We're here to bless you.
1: You know, I I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Mm. just out of that, that that sense of dignity. Now, when I first started that church in Sierra Leone, Mm. I was in an old school building. All the windows were broken. I would preach with a kerosene lantern and candles. Wind would come in and blow it out. And I would preach to these young 16, 17, 18-year-old kids and say, one day you're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I would tell them that. And this, this, this dirt-poor nation, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. had the highest infant mortality rate in the world, mm-hmm. Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting there looking at me. And today we got guys in France, in Belgium, you know, in 14 different countries in Africa. And so uh, to see that, to, to impart that into them and to see it come to pass, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And to continue to do that with buildings now, it's the same thing, you know? You're giving them hope. You, you are enlarging their vision. You're, in, you're, you're enlarging their scope, you know? And they see beyond where they are and, and where they can be. So. Amen.
0: Yeah. I think that's the, the, like what you said. That's the key thing that you see with Pastor Warner, Pastor Mitchell, they're men of vision. Yes. And they're men that have taken common men, and given them a bigger vision, and got them to believe in it and get behind it, and God has really blessed, I think that's like a key, one of the distinctives, Yes, that's the right word.
1: Very good, very good, I yeah. mean, I, I can think in my own life, you know, Yeah. and, and um, uh, a lot of people don't like the word investment, but that's what it is, because it reciprocates. Yeah. You know, you you, you give. Yeah, uh, Jesus yeah. says, you know, if you if you give, it shall be given unto you, Amen. right? And and that's what's happening. And, and and there's a there is a reward, you know, for the the the, the faithfulness of uh, congregations and people who've invested, mm. you know, in workers. And uh, they're seeing the fruit of uh, of the work in Sierra Leone. Pastor Warner calls it the flagship church. You know of the Tucson uh, fellowship, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. because because of uh, what God has has done.
0: It's amazing the investment of the congregation and the couple and everything. Okay, Pastor, let's um, something kind of that you said. A guy in the men's D on Thursday asked you about making disciples, and you spoke about discipleship is spiritual. Yeah. And the whole purpose of the podcast is like real disciple. You know, that really is, I guess it's my hobby horse now, but it, it really is that, you know, um, unpack that for me, how you see it and the, the spiritual element of it.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's I think one of the, the, the challenges, you know, in a, in a fast-paced society, in a society where people are always involved in various things, Is to understand that discipleship is not uh, necessarily a person being with you 24/7, but Jesus says, "Follow me," and that following is not necessarily in the sense of them being in the same location, but them mimicking his lifestyle, Mm. what he does Mm. in prayer, Mm. and the way he treats people. and the way he gives, and how he serves, and um, and how he prays, and 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 so what he's doing, he's 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 giving them examples that they have to buy into. Mm-hmm. So 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 once you as a disciple maker, once you begin to make up in your mind that you're going to be that example, mm-hmm. then you give men something to buy into, and that's what happened in Sierra Leone. They saw it in me, and they wanted it. Yeah. they saw it and they wanted it so
0: one of the, <clears throat> the the kind of tag we got a real disciple be one make one yes and so that's what you're saying yes you got to be one first absolutely
1: that's I couldn't say it better be one you be make one, one, one make one be and and, one, and, make and, one. and 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 so the problem is was you know we think that a disciple is a uh, 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 a person who parrots was mm. a person that looks like you, you know, he dresses like you, mm. he sounds that's like a robot. you, he moves. But that's, that's a drone, yeah, yeah, a robot. Absolutely, you know, mm. you know, you don't want you don't want to create sycophants or or just people that agree with everything you, that you say. Mm. You know, you want people that think outside the box, and that's why I, I really appreciate Pastor Harold Warner III mm. because he he taught us how to think. A lot of people have a lot of problems with that; but they don't understand. This is where fruitfulness is experience.
0: Let me interrupt you there because one of my observations, and you can tell me, is that when you look out of Tucson and you look at your generation, and all the men, and then so you'll see uh, Pastor Paul Stevens. You'll see Pastor um, Richard Ruby, Fred Ruby, Pastor Carnegie, Pastor Alvin Smith, Pastor James Wilkins. Every man is different. Right. But brought into the vision of the fellowship and what God, you know, uh, preaching the gospel, right. preaching Christ, right. but they're all different. Right. Whereas you know, even their style of preaching right. is different. Right. And he's Pastor Warner is, kind of his ministry is big enough to allow those differences, but yeah. also to keep these men, with, keep you know, to give a, a vision.
1: Yeah, what what you have is is that the ministry, the beauty of the ministry is that when we came up, we had a lot of different people to, to come in and preach. Okay. And what they did is they brought what I call an idiosyncratic concept. And what it is, is it is their own experiences, individual experiences with Christ. So they brought that in, they ministered that. And so we were able to get all of these various impartations from all these various guys. Though it was the same, it was different. Mm. And so that made us
0: different I understand yeah that
1: made us kind of unique yes, yes you know it wasn't it wasn't inbred you know understand yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah, so yeah. and so it was beautiful it was, it was glorious and, yeah, and yeah yeah and those guys came up from that yeah absolutely
0: okay yeah that's always been my observation very good okay last um maybe not last maybe I want to slip this one in quickly <laughs> I want to this one in this is this is a little cheeky one here oh man um what would you say because we're speaking about howard Warner, i just felt it'd be good to tap upon you know him a little bit more what would you say that the, one of the key things you've learned from your pastor pastor howard Warner?
1: pastor warner is a christian because he knows god the way he handles people is a reflection of his relationship with God mm. the way he loves people many times he is um, misunderstood you would say soft or easy but it's, it's, it's really the spirit of Jesus mm. being able to work with people at certain levels mm. knowing where they are knowing what they need mm. knowing when to hold it, when to fold it, knowing knowing what to say. I mean, he is he he's a master. Mm. He's a master at it, you know. And, and how he's dealt with me, you know. I I have a tendency to sometimes just be, you know, very matter of factly. You know, many times just gonna let you know. Mm. And uh, Wanna go deal with things and Pastor Warner, he'll listen to me and I'll I'll be in this office and I'll just be Pastor and he'll just he'll, he'll let me just do my thing and then he'll come back and he'll say two or three things. And it's like You're right.
0: Mm.
1: You know, it, it, that's that's wisdom. Mm. And so he has a he has a he has a reservoir of wisdom. That's so powerful. I mean, and you realize, you realize from that that he knows God. Mm. He operates with that. He's not he's not too quick. You know, Jesus made a, a statement, he says, judge not a thing before it's time. Mm. Yeah. And Pastor Warner has that in 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 his repertoire. He's mm. he's able to, he knows, you know. And you would think, man, you need to, but no, 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 no. He knows. And I would say his 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 relationship with God is paramount, especially when it comes to dealing with people.
0: As you're speaking, I was thinking that's Jesus, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. The woman caught in adultery.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's
0: so much w- yes, wisdom in that. Absolutely. It's like just drawing on the ground. Yes, yes. Just drawing on the ground. Then he that is without sin. Yeah, cause yeah. I know you guys want to stone someone, yeah. so yeah, no problem. Yeah. But before you yeah. we let you stone yeah, 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 yeah. them, yeah. can we have the one who's without sin? Let them stone them. We'll just let them do the stoning. There's no accusers here? Yes. I don't. It's Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, I'm getting excited. Um, Last question, Pastor. You preached a sermon yesterday. Uh, We could do a whole podcast. We need to get you back because we could do a whole podcast on yesterday's sermon. Seriously, uh, that's not flattery. That was... um, You spoke about being well with your soul Um, and you said a few things in it. You said about how we're we're made up of spirit, uh, soul, body. To touch someone's body, you touch them by hand. Yes. But to touch someone's whole soul is by words. Yes. And what do you, what, give us your, you know, abridged on what it means to be well with your soul.
1: You know, um, Pastor Mitchell made a statement years ago when I was a new convert, probably in 1982 or so and I wrote it in my Bible and he says, you're more spirit than you are flesh. And he's actually not just speaking to humanity, but especially to Christians, because you're born of the seed of God. You're a new man, Mm. the new man is in you. Mm. And that's the man or the woman that desires God, that wants to pray, that wants to worship, that wants to live right, that wants to be holy, that wants to be pure. That wants to please God. And that's the one that we should be feeding. That's the one that connects to the Word of God. But at the same time, you have an old man that lives in you. Mm -hmm. And that old man, you know, that's the flesh. That's the carnal man. That's Mm -hmm. the Adamic man. That's Mm -hmm. the fallen man. Mm -hmm. And so, so. Your soul stands between the two. It is who you are. Mm. It is your decisions, your emotions, your feelings, Mm. your failures, your successes, your life, who you are. And so unless your soul has spiritual power influence in it, then your body many times will take control of your life. Mm. And you will live according to your five senses.
0: The carnal man. The carnal man, what mm. you
1: see, how it looks to your eyes, mm. how it feels to your flesh, mm. how it sounds to your ears, mm. you know. Mm. And so uh, to be well with your soul means that you have spirit life. Mm. You're connected to God. You you're receiving daily downloads. Mm. You know, you, you are you're imbibing the word of God, you know, truth, you know, is is your necessary meat, you know. Mm. And so when 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 that becomes the order of the day, then your soul is well.
0: One of the things I liked what you said is that um, when you get married, <laughs> you think you're marrying a body. Yeah. You're there at the front yeah. and doesn't she look good? Yeah. Doesn't he look nice? Yeah. But really you've married a soul. Absolutely. Married a soul. Man. Absolutely. And if that soul is wounded yes. and hurt, Yes. That's what you're dealing with. Yes. And I, I, as you preached it, I was thinking some people they marry a wounded soul. Absolutely. And because it's not going well with their words, they wound the soul more mm-hmm. but expect expect the marriage to get better. Yeah. You inflict more.
1: You know, I um I said that some people are not safe to love. Because we we when we uh want to date or you you see someone we like we just ask the question are they saved mm. but they may be saved but they may have a sick soul mm. yeah you know and yeah and so what happens is and the bible says in in the book of proverbs that uh, uh, uh well a husband will safely trust in her that he will suffer uh no spoil mm. meaning that meaning that the wife that he chooses will not hurt him Or or mishandle him like um, like a piece of fruit being dropped, and so what happens when you get hooked up with someone who Mm. who has a a, a wounded soul, Mm. they can wound you. Wow. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's that's, I'm loving that man. You're still (laughs) dropping nuggets on us, pastor man. (laughs) So okay, we're gonna come to the end. One of the things, pastor, that always stood out to me about you is that you preach Christ. Amen. And I remember as a disciple. I always thought before I even went out, I always said, if I go out, I want to preach Christ. Because if, I, if someone wants to say to me, okay, describe pastor ministry. I say, when you come into church, mm-hmm. you leave, and Christ seems bigger yes. than when you came in. Amen. He's been magnified. Amen. So I appreciate that, Pastor. God bless you. God bless you. Thank, Thank you. you.
1: Love you, bro. Amen. Amen.